Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 192 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. We're doing Hot Fuzz. I'm Joe Dubs. Chad? I think you got, you got an audio. Yeah. I'm in the there. I just put on my megaphone on my little uh, mixer. Okay, I can oh. barely hear you for some reason. Right now? Hello? But well, I can't can now, you. but uh, when you were we... doing it, it like it sounded like it sounded like my headphones were going bad. <laughs> well, the, yeah. the audience heard it, uh, I believe so. If, if anything, welcome to 192 of Big Trouble Podcast. We're doing Hot Fuds. It's comedy month because I had something planned out, but I was like, that's a stupid idea, Joe. So we just went with comedy. Uh, and we're doing Chaz's pick, which is Hot Fuzz, and I can't wait to talk about right. it. But before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I'm going to go with Zach first. Oh, uh, playing, not much has changed. Uh, same stuff as last week and the week before. Mm. Uh, watching, uh, I pretty, yeah, I watched, uh, watched WrestleMania 38, the, over the weekend um after each night happened well i watched night one on sunday and then like when sunday was going on i had it live and i was just doing other stuff while it was on so i could kind of like just oh i'll watch this and then if something else was going on i'd do something else and just kind of halfway pay attention but mm. i still watched the whole thing yeah um, and i don't know it was uh i had like super low expectations for it but it was better than what I thought it was going to be overall. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. That that being said, the Raw after WrestleMania, that was probably the worst one I've seen ever. Yes. <laughs> it was like, everybody's like, oh man, WrestleMania might suck, but the not, Raw after WrestleMania is always like interesting. It was the opposite nope. this time. Nope. Mania was good and the Raw after Mania was fucking terrible. Uh, you got suckered. You got, you got suckered in all that same hype. That everyone else gets into. You watch it, and you're like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. And then you watch the next night, and it's like, oh, nope, same shit. Different season. Yeah. I didn't get caught in that trap, not this year. Yeah, but mm-hmm. no, that no, but what I'm saying is they the pattern's backwards. Usually it was it would be like you'd watch WrestleMania and be like, eh, it was okay. And then everybody's like, Oh, you know, Raw after WrestleMania is usually good. No, it was totally fucking opposite this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know when a Raw after WrestleMania has been good. Last one I can think of is when um Oh shit! What's the uh, the dude? Roman. Oh yo, uh, how you doing? What what was the group? Oh, the Enzo, team? Enzo Minor, uh, Amore. Yeah, when Enzo and Cass debuted, I think the Raw after WrestleMania when they debuted was probably the last like half decent Wrestle Raw after WrestleMania, and that was what six years ago. Yeah, it, yeah but we're... prior to that, there was always that big thing where they always did something big and had a big surprise or a big return, but they haven't done it in a while. And it's just kind of just lived in this thing, like, oh, it happens, but it's not been there for a long time. But I won't, I won't go into that. It's a different show. Mm-hmm. So. The only thing I'll piggyback on your WrestleMania talk here is that Andy Johnny Knoxville was in a match with Sami Zayn, and fucking Johnny Knoxville won by a pin of a giant mouse trap. And that's cool. how, that's how he won. And Wee Man came out. Um, what was the guy who usually gets party guy? What, what, what was his name? Yeah, party party boy. Mike Pontius. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Chris Pontius. Yeah, or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, so Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, no Steve-O, which was disappointing. Yeah, of course he does. He had the Jackass boys with him. 
Mm-hmm. Mark Henry's son made a debut. If you recall, when Mark Henry and and May Young had a beautiful child that was a hand, twenty years later, that that beautiful baby boy grew up to be quite the quite the <laughs> slap. Yeah, they, that was that was so random. It was I think it was funny though. I enjoyed it more than it than it, it was better than it should have been. Mm-hmm. It was stupid as fuck, but it was like somehow entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The only thing I'll bring up uh, about WrestleMania is like Sami Zayn was on the turnbuckle, and Johnny Knoxville had a remote control of pyro, and like the pyro went off, and Sammy didn't see it until like he's like, oh shit, there's pyro behind me, and then he sold it. I was like that. <laughs> that was funny. The delayed I, reaction. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Zach. Anyway, what else you've been watching, playing, or doing? That's it. Yep. WrestleMania. <laughs> he spent all his time watching WrestleMania. Exhausted his whole week. <laughs> Andy, what about you? What you what you've been watching, playing, or doing? I beat Dark Souls. Yay! Woo! He did it, my boy. Mm. I'm so proud hey. of him. All right. I uh I loved it. The game's great, but I'm gonna you know I'll save my thoughts for for something else. Um, I I'm still working my way through Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, I guess it's finally different from the original series in a meaningful way. So it's pretty interesting. Um, I watched a pair of movies. Uh, The Imitation Game. Uh, I can't remember how long ago it came out, but it's that movie with Benedict Cumberbatch, and he's uh he's uh Alan Turing in world war two movie's extremely good uh, the acting in it is incredible and the story is really interesting uh, that's really all you can say about it it's a good movie you know i recommend it and i also watched a uh, death on the nile which is now streaming on like hulu and shit it was in theaters recently and it's um you know it's it's based on the book by agatha christie and it has like a bunch of a and b plus actors in it so i thought oh this is going to be a real piece of shit but I'm gonna watch it anyway. Just just sit through it. It was really good. It was really exciting. It's like uh, extremely well acted. A lot of the sets look like complete hot trash, but it doesn't really matter because it's just like a mystery story. Like it really is just they're on a boat and some, and someone gets murdered and this guy's trying to solve it. And the main character is just really likable and it's well written and exciting. And I was really surprised. Like I thought it would be trash, but it was really good. It made me want to go back and watch uh, Murder on the Orient Express. The the other kind of I don't. I think it's the same detective in both of them, but it was really good. It's it's on Hulu, so if you got Hulu, watch it. It's it's a it's a good old time. And um, I'm gonna mention this now, but going forward, I'm probably gonna just be reading it forever. I, I started reading a comic. I did a Zach, except it is it's a it's a Weeaboo comic. I bought the first volume of Berserk because I watched the anime and I played Dark Souls and I was like, okay, now I gotta read it. I gotta read it. And this is, it's like, you know, those watching the video version, it's like this huge goddamn massive thing. There's 13 volumes of this. So I'm not gonna run out of stuff to read for a while, even though famously the author died in 2019, I think, 2019 or 2020. So 2020, series- I think. Yeah, the series might go unfinished, but there's still 13 of these volumes plus some miscellaneous stuff for me to read. So, I don't know, I'm into it. The art is just out like for, right out of the gate, the art is just outstanding. It's a it's a really interesting series so far. I'm about a third of the way through this this big old honker here. It's it's a good time so far. But that's it. It'll be cool for you to go through the art, like illustrations and see how many other things that you've already enjoyed in media that have been inspired by that 
Like Dark yeah. Souls, like an obvious one. We uh, yeah, Dark Souls uh, is one of the most obvious of ones. But like a lot of other anime and a lot of other shows. Oh, and I uh, I started uh, Final Fantasy Nine, but I'm like barely. I just got out of the stupid evil forest, so I'm like right smack dab in the middle of the game or in the beginning of the game. I mean to say, so not much to say about it yet. Nice, Chaz. What about you? Yeah, I have become the Elden Ring. I did it. Oh, you, you... Yeah, I, I have completed Elden Ring. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, oh, you beat the whole game? I thought you were just saying, like, oh, I, I'm just the Elden Ring king. I'm just still playing and owning people. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I have I have beaten it. I mean, there are minutiae to collect if I'm going to, like, trophy hunt or do whatever there, which I really don't want to do that. I just want to get the content. But I have killed all the dragons. I have killed all the... All of like the larger like main bosses, I just have minor like small dungeons to find that like are totally killed optional that have no bearing on the story. Uh, but yeah, I, I killed God the literally when you beat the game. Uh, spoilers for for those, uh, not that they're minor, but you know when you play a Dark Souls game, anytime you kill something, it'll say demon slain or beast slain or enemy slain, and it just says you killed God in all caps. That's literally what it says when you when you kill the final boss. Um, and the, I got the, the ultra secret ending. That's like the hardest one to get or whatever, which I was happy about. I got the, the cool thing where I basically became the, the flame God, like ghost rider, but also God. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was a good time. Uh, it's one of those things where I, f- I feel like I did it. Now I don't know what to do with my life. So I've still just been playing the same game. I have a new game plus, um, Let's see what other things that I do. Um, yeah, this past week uh, of work was so overwhelming. I didn't really get much other time to to do or play anything else. I I did watch WrestleMania, of course. We we talked about that, but I watched after the fact and piecemeal and fast forwarded through a lot of stuff. Watched the relevant things. I also caught uh, most of the ROH Supercard, which hopefully, if I can join you all on Thursday, we'll, we'll talk more about that because, in my opinion, there was better wrestling on that show than. The WrestleMania, but that's a that's a different thing. You know, Tony pays me to, to say these things. Uh and when I can. Uh let's see. Yeah, I don't think there was anything else. I think that was my that was my week, just conquering Elden Ring and figuring out what to do next. Uh I was challenged by by uh comrade Andy. Since he's playing Final Fantasy Nine and never played it or finished it, I will play Final Fantasy Eight because I never finished it. And we'll get to talk because uh I think his his opinion of Final Fantasy VIII is is not a bad game. Like it's still well, worth playing and still. I, I'm a contrarian when it comes it. to Final Fantasy VIII, and I will not play. Final yeah, most Fantasy people really 15. don't like it, and I uh, and I'm I'm okay to give it an open chance. Um, and especially since you're playing nine, because nine is my favorite of the entire series. So I'm excited to see what you think of it. And I'm I'm willing to keep an open mind. I'm just not going to focus on the the card game. I'm just going to actually play the game and get through the story and see what I think. Yeah, luckily there's no there's never a point in the story where you have to play triple triad. From what I understand, in nine there's a point where I'm going to have to play the card game, but they don't do that. Nate. Yeah. There there is, but it's literally you could just lose the whole thing and you don't have to finish it. Like you have to play it for the sake of it's an, an element in the story, but you don't have to win. If you do win, you get some extra cool stuff. That's oh, nice about that. You can play some blitz. Yeah, ball. like a mandatory. You have to win. You, yeah, 
Blitzball. Uh, let's not talk about Blitzball. <laughs> also, it's like one or two very minor things from being a very good game, but because those one or two things aren't there, it's so bad. Other than that? But still at least weirdly enjoyable. It was a, it was a guilty pleasure of mine in 2003. But, no, that's all I got. All right. Well, uh, I didn't... I, I downloaded MLB The Show today. <laughs> that's one highlight so far i've been playing uh super mega baseball 3 uh which i i think i explained in one of the episodes it's kind of like if you ever played the backyard uh sports games on pc it's kind of like that but with steroids uh just random players uh random teams not just like i'm hitting home runs i have the perfect season i won 32 games in a row um, I'm in the playoffs. I have like all my pitchers have like 50 strikeouts for the entire year. Uh, they, everybody's got like about 50 home runs because I'm just like hitting bombs and shit. Uh, you can't play online on that. I, I just love fucking hitting home runs. I watched Halo episode two. Uh, I, I don't know where they're going with the story. It, it seems so like stupid hollywood stuff uh, like i said master chief is like the enemy and he like kidnapped a person that they need to kill and now they're talking about like controlling all the spartans with like cortanas and shit and i'm like what is happening where, where what lore are they coming from in any of this it's just like here's master chief here's the uh the elites and here's cortana like, we're just going to put this all in every Spartan. I'm like, ah. And anyway, I watched Picard, uh, the new episode. That's interesting, too, because I don't know what Q is doing. The last time I heard Q is, like, he was happy with Picard at the end of Next Gen, if I remember correctly. Like, he wasn't pissed off, but he was kind of like, I still don't understand you humans. And this one, he's like, we got to stop Picard. He needs to, like, not exist anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on in this show? Um, but I'm still going to watch it. Apparently, there's a third season that's already been greenlit. I don't know what... Apparently, it reunites the entirety of the the Next Generation crew, is what I've read. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, a lot of them have been in Picard so far, and I have to admit, I haven't watched it. I just watched all the Red Letter Media videos of it. I actually just finished the one about episodes four and five a little bit before we started recording. And uh, I don't know, it doesn't sound like it's for me. It's it, it's just like a what if. Like, the writers and producers that are working with CBS and, and Paramount and all that stuff is like, I don't, they don't understand. This is very Abrams Star Trek more than anything. This has nothing to do with Star Trek on how it was created in the lore. Uh, but it's not it's not in that Kelvin universe. It's it's supposed to be the canonical what happens to Picard and that, that kind of sucks. Yeah. But uh trying to think what else I, I started playing Parasite Eve again because hmm. I love that game and I want a remake. Um out of all the games, like there's two games I want remade, Parasite Eve or Dino Crisis. And Capcom fucked me, so my only hope is Parasite Eve right now. Um, I'm, Hey, they Capcom might be doing it. 
maybe this was kind of like a test run. Be like, what if we put a redhead bitch in this game? Will people go crazy? Well, they did in a negative way. But uh, yeah, that's all I did. Do uh, been doing is WrestleMania. Um, Stone Cold was there. Um, I I'll quickly say this. <laughs> Pat McAfee faced Austin, Austin Theory with Vinnie Mac on the side because uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon was like, yes, Austin Theory, yes, do it. Uh, and then Pat McAfee won, and Vince, <laughs> Vinnie Mac was like, get up, get up, and he's trying to get like Austin Theory, and then Pat McAfee challenged Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He took off his shirt. His old skin was... Uh, you know, dripping. This McMahon had a, a match in 2022. Yes. <laughs> Good for him. Vince McMahon it wasn't was really a match. It was just like this old man was like WrestleMania history. Shuff. What was that, Zach? That wasn't his first match. No, he, it was his first win. Uh, oh, it was his first win. Oh, <laughs> couldn't hear you. It like cut out there for a minute. Yeah. Um, Oh no, you're good. Yeah, it was the first. I, I was saying it was just like an old man shuffling, trying to do like clotheslines and shit, and then like it was it was Pat McAfee bumping his ass off for this nearly immobile seventy five year old man. Yeah, <laughs> it looked really bad. <laughs> like it was hilarious because it's like something they followed up something really awesome with something that was just kind of like oh man. <laughs> yeah, Stone Cold came. Then out. they did something more ridiculous. Yeah, Stone, yeah, Stone Gold came out and he uh, gave Vince uh, McMahon a beer and tried to stunner him. And <laughs> because he stunned him, it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> McMahon stumbled after he took a boot to the stomach. Like he like <laughs> he lost gra gravity was hitting him hard right when he got hit in the stomach. He's like, oh, shit. And he uh, fell backwards. And said, yeah. Like. It wasn't even like you jump in the air or just flop backwards from a stutter. He just like it's like he stood straight up and w was losing his balance, and then he fell like on his ass, like it, like he slipped in the ice or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you guys want to hear more about WrestleMania, because I'm pretty sure if Chaz is going to show up either, you know, with gauze in his mouth or not, uh. And me and Zach are going to go... We're not going to go each card. Uh, we're probably going to just talk about the moments and stuff. We're probably... And by the way, um, Zach and Chaz know in our getting some color uh, messenger, I was pretty pissed off about Cody. I cooled down a little bit, um, but I still have somewhat beef. I'll keep that for Thursday. Um, but it's time to get into the movie. Hot fuzz. So, Chaz, why did you choose this movie? Oh, um, that's a good question. Uh, well, so in general, we were asked about best comedy movies. It's it's one of my favorite comedy films. Any, uh, I just think it's a great blend of of so many callbacks on uh, so many cop and action movies that take themselves far too seriously. Uh, and uh, again, the, the humor that both Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost create, as well as their supporting cast, they always do a stellar job getting a, uh, a great all around cast to just deliver 
such dry humor around everything. And there are always callbacks to things they talk about. So like you're rewarded for paying attention to what they're also saying, because there's extra layers of comedy there, uh, which I always appreciate. Um, the other reason, of course, too, is uh, just from uh, some other friends that I, uh, uh, associates that I have, we had a running joke a long time ago about one of our friends being stupid, drunk, and repeatedly saying the greatest three comedy films of all time were Step Brothers, uh, Shaun of the Dead, and uh, and Hot Fuzz. So I don't know. Whenever it was brought up, the uh, that reference came to mind, and it made me laugh. Uh, I think about that. And uh, of those three movies, Hot Fuzz is my favorite of the three. So uh, again, that's that's my reason. Yeah, this this movie. Uh, I've seen Shaun of the Dead. I never seen Hot Fuzz before, and I know a lot of people that bring up this movie because I'm like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They are great together in in uh, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I love. I, I guess I love British comedy because, like, when I watch this film, I'm like chuckling throughout the whole thing, like w- what they're saying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Timothy Dal- Dalton is my favorite character <laughs> in this whole film. He, dude, he looks like he had fun doing this film. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. I'll quickly go through like my favorite scenes. I like when Simon Pegg's character goes to the hotel and stuff, and he's like talking to the front desk lady, and she calls him like fascist. He's like, "Oh no, I'm doing you know crossword and all that stuff," and then he says "hag," and then she's like, "Excuse me." <laughs> that was that was my favorite part. Um, when he's arresting the whole town, uh, and then when uh timothy dalton's character is jogging right up to him and telling him you know slice the prices and all that stuff and he's like what <laughs> what's happening uh i i will say like the story itself like threw me off guard because it led me one area i'm like oh it's definitely timothy dalton's character as the killer but then it throws like this weird curveball I, they they laid the eggs really well in this movie because i'm like why i mean i understand they're all night watchers like for community and like phones do exist but they all have walkie talkies and like they're all communicating with each other weirdly and like that was planted really well for me to for the twist that happens at the end we'll we'll get to it uh but i really like that um i like that he's in a small town compared to london where he's like (laughs) i like that they transferred him because he was doing such a great job (laughs) and they were just like oh you know you're you're gonna put us out of business like if you stay here in 400 percent of like arrest no we can't have that we're gonna send you to i guess that's what the countryside looks like in england i've never seen the countryside unless you count wales as countryside i don't know I think they would. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I had a blast in this film. Uh, Zach, what about you? Oh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I uh, never ended up watching the other movies they made after this. I, I just see Shaun of the Dead in this one. Uh, there's, would... there's there's not much besides that. People speak of it's the Cornetto trilogy because all three of them yeah. involve the stupid little ice cream treats. After this, it's really just The World's End, which is also written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost is, I can't remember if he's a co-writer or if they just co-star in it, but it's just the three of them. 
And then other than that, like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have worked together on like Paul and a few other things, but Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright wasn't the writer or director. So it really, it's just the, the three in the trilogy. Yeah. Um, but I was like, like I liked Shaw of the Dead pretty well. It was it, like, it's good. I feel like a lot of other people liked it way more than me. Uh, but I, I liked this one better. <laughs> I'm with I think you. because, it, huh? I said I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think uh, that like, too. I I can't really uh, like if I had to try to quantify that, like why? Uh, I think just because its approach is a little different, and plus it's like a big homage to like all those like hop action movies and all that shit. Like there's a little there's little bits of it throughout the movie but it specifically like the last quarter of the fucking film is just oh you know like there's stranglehold you know there's they're jumping through the air shooting people they're talking about point break and all this other stuff so on and so forth and it's it's yeah, uh, i mean I, I don't know a lot of the humor this is funny to me yeah i mean that's the thing as much as it is making fun of some of those movies in the way they're also paying uh homage to them like even in the fact that like later you know midway through the film if you want to or point breaks which one do you want to watch first or what you prefer uh and then later they make references to both of them like like classic scenes from both of those films in in the movie too so i mean it's it hits on a lot of different things and again this is a movie that which i think all i, I mean i haven't watched at world's end to be honest i need to watch it but um, this movie and Shaun of the Dead, both you're rewarded for missing the, the details and the little Easter eggs because it's even funnier. So this is a movie that I think gets better as you, you watch it more times. I've watched it several times and even watched whoops, the other night when I watched it with Andy, another friend of ours, we watched it all together. And there were things that I either didn't remember or I'd seen for, like I just caught for the first time, just little subtle details that make things even funnier. Like they put just the, the tiniest little details in, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. So I, I want to tell you, oh, you should go watch it again. But yeah, you should totally watch it again at some point and see what things you you may have missed that you catch now or you understand now that you watch it the first time. All right. Well, Andy, what about you? Any any points you want to make? Oh, uh, this movie isn't just one of my favorite comedies ever. This is one of my favorite movies ever. I think this movie has one of the tightest scripts ever written. Every word and every piece of set dressing is referenced again in the script somewhere in a very clever way. Like every, every like even just like having the stupid ice cream wrapper in his pocket. That's a stupid throwaway visual gag later. And uh, just just lines like, well, may their heads be stuck from their shoulders. And then, you know, that's how they die. Like everything that um, er everything that Skinner says, obviously, is is a stupid joke about a coming murder. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just love this movie. It's hard to find fault with it. Like, I hate to say it, but I'm just like a huge fanboy for this movie. I love all the action. I think it's infinitely quotable. I still, if I see cops when I'm driving around, I go, here come the buzz. I just love the way he says it. It's funny. Great big bushy beard. Say that all the time. It's funny because you mentioned that you get a lot of quotes from that movie. So, like, every time I heard, like, quotes happening, I'm like, that's something Andy would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Mm-hmm. And you realize like where it's coming from. Like I just even realized watching it this time. Another one of our friends says "yard" all the time, and I it didn't even relate to me that this is what he's quoting. Yeah. Even though I've watched it so many times, but then I finally watching it in the time that I know him now, realized oh he's been quoting Hot Fuzz this whole time. I just thought he was like being a stupid pirate or something. Narp. Nope. He's saying yarp. <laughs> I, 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 I narp. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, I the edits in his movies awesomely done. I I yeah. I don't know why, but like when he's <laughs> when they zoom in onto the fucking door handle, I just like I I love it. I don't know why. It's just like it's like super satisfying to watch that. It's like when he gets in the car, turns the ignition, it like shifts in gear and all that shit. <laughs> just opening a punch door. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's overly aggressive in terms of how they film like the actions, which is even better because they put so much emphasis on like just these banal like daily things that you do, but make them seem it so intense. It also leads to like great. some of the. I mean, they do that in Shaun of the Dead too. Humor but... too. Mm-hmm. It does. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and um, what do you call it? When you get to the, the plot is like really easy. Like in the beginning where he leaves London, goes to the small town and he's like seeing all the odd shit. It kind of has like a twin peaks type of feel a little bit where it's like shit's kind of strange around here, but fuck it. I'm just going to be a, this amazing cop, like arresting the whole town. Um, some, I love the chief of the police department where he like, <laughs> Every time his son fucks up, like they have to have like dessert. So it's like, cho- why is everybody eating chocolate cake? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to punish him now. I'm gonna have ice cream. Um, <laughs> and the two detectives, I fucking love. <laughs> the Andes. Yeah, the Andes. You're probably wondering why uh, we call them the Andes because they're two. You know, they're both they're named called Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they they have they have some of my favorite lines in the whole movie. I really like the setup. Uh, uh, he you know he interviewed everyone in town. Let's put in a call to Aaron A. Aronson, shall we? <laughs> At the end of the movie, yes, I get his name. He's Aaron Aronson. <laughs> what? <laughs> he goes Aaron A. Aronson. He's like, oh wait, what did you say? <laughs> well, you're talking about the type script and everything. Meaning exactly what I think of as an example. It's like how. How silly is it? Just that small little reference and so much later. Like, in that same conversation, like, oh, you want to be a big everything cop in a small town. Matters. Why don't you fuck off the model village? The model village is where the climax takes place. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that you fight. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. The piss taker. Yeah, piss taker. <laughs> He's like, oh, what? The eye staker. Yeah, piss so... taker. <laughs> All yeah, right. Well, so to come back like? to something. Well, is... white, long, slender neck. Well, it's a swan. <laughs> yeah. uh, come back to the ice cream thing you guys were, were mentioning. The uh, the fact he anytime his son gets in trouble, that's what he does. It's actually a relevant thing to realize once you know the actual plot, like what the motive is behind everything. His son is the only person that fucks up and does menial crimes in the town that doesn't get murdered. That's why he punishes him the way he does. It's the only person that does these menial crimes, like the the drunken disorderly stuff, or like gets in trouble for really stupid shit that they would otherwise kill someone for. And he's like, "No, I'll just give him ice cream." And it's his son. 
Do, do you think there's any faults in this movie? Because I don't, I don't see any faults. Like, music's great, uh, acting's great, jokes are great. Uh, I was satisfied. Like in the beginning, I was like, uh, "Where is this leading to?" And then, like, when you get into the town and all this stuff, like the the tall guy. Remember when uh, Simon Pegg's character is like, "What about that guy? Why is he wearing that jacket? It's it's pretty oh, warm." Mr. Treacher. Yeah. And then he fight like later on he like under that jacket's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everyone's like because they're always carrying guns, which they reference. One of the Andes says there are more guns in the country than there are in the city. Everybody's packing. That's one of the best ones. Everyone's packing out here. Like uh, farmers, farmers yeah. well, like you, uh, like farmers. Who else? Farmers bums. Yeah. And then later on, farmers when he wives. comes back to town, the guy yells for his mom, and she's got a gun. It's like, ah, that paid off too. <laughs> um, it's totally true. No, I, yeah, Gun to My Head, this is my favorite comedy film of all time. I mean, definitely if I had time to think top three at least, and top five films of all time. Uh, another reason why I picked it. Not to just tail cut off of Andy, but really, it's it's just a great movie. Yeah, the, the the twist is even like good at the end too. Like when he meets up with the whole town, like the the what? night the Night Watch Alliance was pretty much all the murderers. Uh and then like you find <laughs> when they when they all tell their like motives on why they kill the people, like well why'd you kill that guy? Well he's a bad actor. <laughs> why'd you kill the lady? Well her laugh. <laughs> she did have a horrible laugh. Yeah, she was annoying. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. even even, no, that, even that's Sergeant Angel goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like that's the best part of it is like they're doing that whole thing a trope of like there's this big twist and there's this big like, hidden conspiracy of why they're doing things. And they take the piss out of that. They actually go and show, oh well, we just don't like these people. Like and he's like, You're killing people for no reason. And they're like, Yeah, well, that's it's fine. For the greater good. And they just like follow that mindset it, it's it's actually just really funny because of how it shows like that sometimes those serious like twists and stuff take themselves like they take themselves too seriously like that needs to be this big like pull the, the wool over someone's eyes or something i don't know i just I think it's great another great callback is at the end like near the end uh where you know they're all celebrating and like uh the sergeant's like Finally kidding around and cursing and stuff. And then all of a sudden, one of, like, the HWA people come out with, a, like, this plunder buster and, like, shoots Nick Frost character. And then, like, the mine, mm -hmm. the mine shows up and, like, oh, fuck. And it blows up because, remember, in the beginning, they pound on the, the mine and they all run and it doesn't blow up. But at the end, it finally does. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things going, I'm like, that was awesome. But at the same time, I was like, they should all be dead. But I don't care. It's a, it's a movie. <laughs> um, so there's so many good, like, relatable scenes since you brought up the mine. But that sequence that happens with the mine is probably my favorite in the movie. Because it was relatable. Of, or, or sorry, I guess not the right word. Like every every something everything in the film itself, like is. Uh, I could say, oh, I could relate this to the being the, the best part of the movie or something. Sorry, so not relatable as in, like, I see this. Although I kind of could because I come from a place where a bunch of hill people are. Maybe that's why I find it funny. But um, the fact that they had to bring Nick Frost's character and bring the guy that speaks, like, the same dialect as the guy they're interviewing, they find that has the all the guns and stuff in his shed. But 
Nick Frost understands the other guy interpreting anyway, and he needs him to know what's being said. Like the fact that they like went that extra step of stupidity to me is just funny because it's like he can just understand what the other guy's saying. You don't even need the 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 first interpreter or the second one because um, he says the exact same. Uh, I don't know. It's so stupid, but I, I find that funny. I swear to God, I think they're making fun of Welsh. Yeah, you're a second that. interpreter for it. <laughs> you ever hear, oh, you yeah, ever I know they Welsh totally person? are, but that's why I was saying. <laughs> well, before we before we got on, I think this is before you you join us. Uh, Zach, uh, I was talking about how it's like the equivalent of like someone who like from like the Northeast or even from like the West Coast of the U.S. go to like Louisiana and talk to someone like deep in the swamp has like a really thick like Creole accent and is like trying to say something to you and you're like I have no fucking clue what they said and but again it's just you have this random guy that understands it anyway but you still need the the third person who kind of speaks both, but he sounds the same. I, I don't know. I think it's just so stupid that it's great. I always um, just thought of Boomhauer. And then that whole sequence out plays out where they're like... <laughs> oh, yeah, Boomhauer's a good... Yeah, it, it kind of fits with Boomhauer. Like, the speed. Like, I don't know, man. It's the dangest thing i ever seen, man. It's landmine. Guns everywhere. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, another great callback is... Uh, I, I don't know the names, but, like, every time a murder happened... Like, they would ask uh, Simon Pegg's character, oh, oh wh- what should we do? Oh, we need to ca- cart off the area, get the journalists over there. And then, like, he would name a bunch of things, be like, yeah, what he said. And then, like, a callback is when they're going to go into the supermarket. And then this time, uh, he asks the other guy what to do. And then Simon Pegg says, yeah, what he said. And I was like, that's great. That What a great callback. That whole sequence also just points to another thing that makes this movie so good. This movie's goddamn hilarious, but like it's kind of exciting too. Like the action there and in the courtyard when they're having a gunfight, it's all like well shot, it's well choreographed, it's interesting, it's exciting. It has you know snappy dialogue that's really funny. I always I don't know what it is, uh, maybe the the autism in me, but I laugh my ass off every time an old man or an old person has a gun and it's just like fucking shooting it off like a gangster or something. Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> the old woman comes out and goes, then starts firing that stin gun. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just too absurd not to laugh at. Oh man, uh, the silly visual. I'm trying to think. I I I don't I don't want to spoil the whole movie because. It's there's certain areas where I'm just like, wow, this is great writing. Um, because solid story, even like if you take the comedy out and make this serious tone in some way, like it still has legs. I mean, you'd have to change the dialogue. Uh, but if you like made it like serious where the whole town is like this cult <laughs> killing people just to, I don't know, win a uh, town of the year. Because that, that was another trope, because you see the people that do the awards in the street while they're having a fucking shootout in a car chase scene. Uh, which, by the way, the car mm-hmm. chase scene was awesome. <laughs> which led to the the farm with the the mom with the shotgun, the double barrel shotgun. But I'm going to give my final thoughts, unless you guys have other points to make. But my final thoughts is, see this damn movie. It's up there as one of my favorite comedies. Um, my number one comedy is always going to be Blazing Saddles. And then number two, uh, Spaceballs. Uh, I'm a big Mel Brooks fan. so And Horrible Bosses is up there. That's another funny movie. 
That was going to be one of my picks, but uh, I'll tell you my pick later. Um, but uh, Zach, what about you? Any final thoughts? And re I, I recommend, by the way. No, uh, it's great. Uh, good. Uh, I don't know if you could still call it a modern comedy, but like back when it came out, I was like, wow, this is the first comedy movie I've liked since like the 90s. <laughs> like, and that's like a totally different style of comedy there, too. Anything from then. It's like each decade has its own flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, um, it's, I would say it's probably one of the best comedy movies I've seen. So recommend. Andy, I mean, I already know the next two are going to be recommended. I, but yeah, it's one of my favorite movies ever. I don't understand. I always see like the list of the best comedies ever, and I'll talk to other people, and they'll say, "Well, yeah, Hot Fuzz is good, but it's not as good as Shaun of the Dead." Like, what movies are these people watching? This movie is way better than Shaun of the Dead. I fucking love Shaun of the Dead, but Hot Fuzz is twice as good as it, if not more. It's just that's just my Absolutely. personal opinion. I just I, I don't understand. Shaun of the Dead's got some good bits, but this is like I said, what I think is one of the tightest smartest scripts i've ever seen all right Chaz, I'll, I'll i'll jump right on that train this is as close to perfect movie as you can get especially within the trope of being a comedy movie like all around like again i can't tell you a flaw i don't have anything to nitpick about this movie that's what i'm saying like not just as a comedy movie it's one of my favorite movies of all time so i'm glad we got to pick it and go over it also, just want to point out, I guess I know we're talking about recommendations. Does everyone have a favorite line or quote from the movie? Yes. No, there's like. I'm sure Andy does. Here comes Buzz. Crusty Juggler. So my, mine hasn't been brought up. Oh, Crusty Jugglers is probably up there for me, too, especially when you whisper it over and over. I've started to do that when I'm relating to kids that I really don't like in the office. I start calling them Crusty Jugglers. Uh, and nobody in my office knows what I'm talking about because I work with a bunch of 40-year-old women who've never watched this movie, but that's fine. <laughs> so uh, I hope they don't listen to this because, man, I'm going to get shit on. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Krusty Juggler's favorite. It's so stupid, but it's my favorite line in the whole film is when they're in the supermarket in the shootout and the uh, pasta sauce gets blown up in the guy's face and, he's, and he thinks he's bleeding. His, <laughs> ah, and he goes, Andy, it's okay. It's just bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite it's my favorite part of the movie I don't it's my favorite line it's so dumb but uh I mean given there's so many other smarter things in the film but you enjoy what you enjoy uh but yeah I'm assuming anyone that doesn't think this is a funny movie or thinks that Shaun of the Dead is like clearly a better film is just a smooth brain so I, I judge you heavily for that if that's what you think I blame and that's but it's like it's unfair to also like say they're different because Shaun of the Dead's still a great film too it's yeah. also one of my favorite films so yeah. It's it's still really good too. It's just not. This is the the better movie. I I don't know what it is about zombies, but like anything involving with zombies, the mass of people are just like it's great. I love it. It's comedy and stuff. Shaun of the Dead. What I I agree with you. Like Shaun of the Dead's funny, but Hot Fuzz man is a whole new level. Uh, I just want to point out the last like, you know the the fighting scene with T Timothy Dalton's character. They're fighting like on a small set of houses and buildings and shit. Mm -hmm. And they're like fighting like they're giants and stuff like from Power Rangers. <laughs> or they're like kaiju monsters. Yeah. Yeah, one of our friends asked us where does this rank as the best kaiju movie of all time? <laughs> uh which it's fairly high just because how good the movie is overall, but it's a funny thing to say. What I really like though too is that that model village and everything that they use though, 
they cleverly use it in a way so they they film and look at other things so that it's also very similar to how certain movies were shot uh -oh. um, within the last like 10, 20 years prior where I mean, you would see things had like um, models that they would use. I, they did the same thing here. Those are the models you would use if you were trying to, to film certain things, especially if it was going to be destroyed or blown up. So um, I don't know. It was kudos to them for using those types of uh, camera tricks, but also just like taking the like taking it and making it funny because they knew what they were doing mm -hmm. but uh yeah i mean yeah, I, I recommend it more i i feel like we could talk about this movie forever but i want people to actually like this is the first movie that i'm just kind of like i don't want to spoil it all because like if we say everything um i want people to experience it for the first time so go watch hot fuzz uh i actually had to rent it um i rented it on amazon it's not streamable anywhere right now. Yeah. Yes, it is. Is Where? it? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's on Tubi. Oh, Everything's shit. It's on Tubi. Tubi. Oh, wow. Tubi. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually ashamed to say I don't own this film, which is very sad because I, I definitely should. That's so okay. I, I thought I, thought I did, it. and then I didn't, and I panicked, and then I was like, I'm going to double check that. I already said it wasn't streamable, but I don't believe that, and I was right. It's on Tubi. I just did a Google search, and that's what Google said. So Google lied to me. But yeah, I, I own this on a dead format. I have it on HD DVD. Mm. I Googled it, and it told me it was on Tubi. Well, maybe they just added it uh, the first of April, because the last time I looked, it was in March. So oh, that's that, possible. I know that a lot of movie places they switch movies out at the first of the month. So there you go. So you guys are probably wondering what the next movie is going to be, and it's going to be my pick. I am going to do a Charlie Chaplin movie, The Great Dictator. 1940 um so it's on hbo max by the way if you have hbo max if not i don't know what else um nice i only I can't see wait it. to hear everyone say it's black and white it's an old movie i don't want to watch old movies i i won't it's say it's not that. silent at least it does ha it is a talkie mm -hmm. so yeah i i've never seen this movie before i've heard great things about it so Remember to watch The Great Dictator and then come back next week and we will talk about it. But before we end this episode, we usually have some news to talk about that matter to us. Andy has news. What's the news? Just, just something small. Uh, Capcom announced that they are raising the base pay of all their salaries by 30% and that they're also adding a bunch of uh, performance-based incentives. And it's just... The thing that's interesting about it is, oh, wow, that makes perfect sense. Why doesn't every company do this? And I don't have an answer to that. I have no fucking clue. But not even just in video games, just in the world of business. But it's just some candy. They posted a 35% profits in 2020, and that's kind of where this is coming from. So uh, yeah, Capcom, I guess they made Resident Evil spooky again. And uh, what they got that Monster Hunter, and I don't know. They're doing good. They're doing well, rather. Yeah, World and Rise Monster Hunter has been doing great. Um, the remakes have been doing great, besides like maybe criticism of Resident Evil 3, but it's still people bought it because of Resident Evil 3. Now you have 8, which was really well. Um, we're waiting on DLC. I don't know how long DLC takes, uh, but apparently it takes forever. Good uh, DLC takes forever, probably. Yeah. Um, reverse. I don't know when that game's coming out. <laughs> Vaporware. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I thought they like unannounced it or something. <laughs> mm. But uh, 
apparently there was like multiple projects apparently there was supposed to be like a nintendo exclusive resident evil that got canceled recently and i'm like we know how that always goes revelations 3 yeah so i don't know um people are waiting for the announcement for resident evil 4 <coughs> remake which in the summer they're gonna announce that uh i believe oh vague kind of piece of news uh for some reason revelations 2 is free on xbox live right now at oh. least it was as of a couple days ago so if you ever wanted to play revelations 2 uh you can add it to your you don't even have to download it just add it to your library and you can download it later but crackdown 1 and 2 are also free don't know why but i like those games they're fun yeah but it, it's we discussed before the show like capcom is doing what all publishers should be doing when their games are selling really well and I'm looking at you, Activision, because your game, your Call of Duties are always top 10, but somehow that never trickles down to the developers. Activision doesn't get to make that choice anymore. Yeah, it's going to be uh, big green. Well, <laughs> I guess this is some news and political news. So apparently all Sony fanboys cried to uh, the legislative branch to pretty much stop the deal from happening. Uh, and Senator Warren, I have no relation to me, by the way. Senator Warren <laughs> um, is like actually bringing this up to like Biden and stuff, and that it, this should go. At, uh... And Biden's gonna go what? Video yeah. games? <laughs> huh? Eh. And Come on, Biden's... man. So like, because you know Microsoft has a thing about. Uh, they have a history of monopolizing and going through court systems and shit. That is true. That's yeah. a historical fact. Yeah. So like, and obviously, and I'm not trying to like make this political, but the left really hate the rich. So like when, when you see the company making a lot of money and buying competition, um, it kind of makes you, uh, it makes them think and want to stop it from happening. And I'm kind of just like, no, don't you want to get that company away from Bobby Kotick, who's allowing sexual harassment to happen in their companies? And I don't think they're motivated by stopping sexual harassment. <laughs> no, they just Me either. <laughs> I don't think that factors in a decision yeah. one iota. Mm. <laughs> I think given the price that they made, so to add to that, because there's a little more detail, like it's not so much about that because Activision itself was a large enough company that they were already like should be on someone's radar. So it was more so that there was potential for insider trading information. And there were a few people with said information that were able to buy and profit prior to the news coming out. Like those are big mm -hmm. things that matter. So if someone cer certainly someone uh, within the level of the Senate uh, it, or uh, the House representative has you know knowing information and buys large amounts of stock within one of these companies um prior to to then get a large profit off of it like that's it's it's understandable that's kind of the basis of why some of this stuff litigation's happening but i mean whether it's going to lead to anything or not who knows that's that's the great thing about the hot fuzz movie too coming back to the movie we watched it also just takes a big old shit on all of like the systematic law and bureaucracy anyway like, nobody wants to be doing their job. That's why they're so mad at Angel, because he's good at what he does. And everyone else is like, nah, chill out, man. We we all are just here to get a paycheck and do nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of how that's kind of all politics, all right? We're just going to bitch and moan and then eat our ice cream 
and not actually change anything. But anyway, I'll get. <laughs> yeah, I I just want to bring this up, Chaz. It seems like your internet might be going in and out because, like, when you start to speak, it like freezes up a little bit. But we hear you. It just takes it delays a little bit, but uh, we hear you loud and clear when you do go through. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I, I, I just wish other publishers did what Capcom is doing. Instead, they always like Andy. You said before they always cut, you know, staff. They're like, oh, we have to drop people uh, because we can't. We're spending too much money, uh, and it's. And then, like, four months later, they'll be like, uh, this was a record quarter for us. It's like, motherfuckers, why'd you fire all these people then? <laughs> so it could be a record quarter. So it could be a, exactly right. That's exactly why they did it. They, mm. They're like, oh, we got to lose some money somewhere. I got it. We'll stop paying 150 people. There we go. We, we made money. We made so much money. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know um, with... Uh, with all this shit going on about like making games and development and not crunch time and stuff. I hope we get into that motion where there is no crunch time and games take time to build. But here's my thing. Make sure you build the whole game and then give it to us. I know we beat this drum all the time because we always know when the game comes out, that they actually start fixing the game when they launch the game um instead of just actually test testing it and then releasing it um so if they practice development where there's no crunch time and they have time to build the game with less bugs because it's never going to be a game with no bugs in it it's that's impossible um unless i guess you kind of look at elden ring even though they have some bugs here and there it's almost a perfect game if you think about it um but there's stuff stuff in there. But uh, I just want, I want fully <laughs> developed games. I don't want fifty percent. I don't want twenty percent. I want at least ninety nine percent done. But that's just me. Any other news that we want to bring up? Yes. Okay. What's the news? Uh, Return to Mon Monkey Island is coming out this year, apparently. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> You're the one that, that the original creators, it. and they're picking up from where the second game left off, not the other sequels. It's perfect. It's like the dream scenario. It really is. Yeah, and it's like I said a little bit about that in the chat earlier. Like, you seriously, if you never played those games, like Monkey Island Two has one of the weirdest fucking endings in, in like video games, in my opinion. It, it just it leaves off like what literally like what the fuck just happened. It had a little bit of it spoiled for me from that Ahoy video, but I still haven't played two, but I'm, I'm playing it like immediately now. Luckily, uh, they made some wonderful remasters of both Monkey Island 1 and 2 on the 360, and you can still play them today on either your Xbox One or your Series X or S. So, highly yeah. recommend. Oh. Just get those right now. I, w I will say yeah, if I you're not... I've like never played these games. And we'll complain about... Old old graphics like people complain about oh my god the movie's black and white you should try to play them with the pixel graphics at some point too because there's some of the best from that era uh when they were making those graphic adventure type games and stuff Spe when they made monkey island too when they made those remasters uh luckily it was in vogue to do that cool thing where you have the original graphics and, and the remastered graphics and you with the triggers you can just switch on the fly right from one to the other 
And I do that a lot. Like I'm watching the old graphics and like, I want to look at the new stuff and I'm looking at the new stuff and then like something will happen. I'll be like, Oh man, how did this look in the old graphics? And you switch to the old one and it just does it right there immediately, but you lose the voice acting. That's, that's kind of the trade off. Cause I like the voice acting and the remake. So that's why I, I can't recommend the ones on the Xbox enough there. They've got it all baby. And they're cheap. I think they're either 10 or 15 bucks a piece. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. I guess I'm too much of a, a boomer because I don't, I don't like the way the remasters look. And they're kind of like they got like rounded edges, right? Yeah, Those I don't like that. But and to me, the voice acting is kind of eh. Like some people are good, some people are not as good. I like. I thought Guybrush was really good, and most of the main characters I thought were good enough for me. Back in my day, nobody talked. You yeah. had to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day. Um, like in my day, you had to like pull out the decoder oh, wheel I, to tell the computer you didn't steal this copy of the game. Yeah, you had to dial a pirate. <laughs> yeah, I had one other piece of news, I guess, to add. It's actually from last week, but because of all the like, stupid Oscar drama they got, like, that carried over, I think it got overshadowed. Um, Samuel L. Jackson won his first Oscar. I thought that was oh, something what? like that got completely overshadowed by all the Will Smith news. But I thought that would bring up. What, what did Samuel he Jackson won his first Oscar? Uh, I don't even remember. I just remember seeing a thing that he he won it, and it was I think it was presented by Denzel Washington. But uh, let's see. I want to say it was for supporting actor in a film, but I don't remember right off. Let me see. Yeah, I didn't even know who won like anything. I, I had to look it up. What won Best Picture? I guess Coda did. But he got Academy Honorary Award. That it? Honorary award, okay. So you got an honorary award for like his, yeah, assuming like his life's work, effectively. Uh, still cool. The yeah. lifetime achievement. No, that's a big deal. I mean, it's, I mean, Samuel Jackson's the man, and uh, with that, and I guess it's like one of those things. It's like really sucks when you think about the the amount of attention and drama that that came out of the stuff that happened. It's like we took away all these other highlights from others because it was like not really reported or anything. Everyone's too busy talking about how someone else slapped another person. Uh, so I don't know. Just thought that was something cool to bring up. Yeah, I, the kind of piggyback. Samuel Jackson is a badass motherfucker. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off of that, you say that it's Samuel Jackson's uh, first Oscar. So was Will Smith's, <laughs> which is is uh, amazing to think about. Um, now I know Will Smith's done a lot of action movies like Wild Wild West, which shouldn't deserve an Oscar at all. Uh, but he also did some... Gr- I like that you said that Will Smith's done action movies, and you said Wild Wild West yeah. as the example. <laughs> well, Men in Black was good. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> oh, it was great. That was pretty good. Huh? And Independence Day was great, too. So those are iconic films for me, at least, in my childhood. Uh, Bad Boys? Yeah. I I really yeah bad, yeah bad boys uh bad boys two uh or three or I seen three I I I'm not, those movies I don't like I mean they're fun but I just don't give a shit about I guess Will Smith and Martin Lawrence I don't give a shit about you oh fuck uh, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you something now I'm curious do you think Wild Wild West is a good movie no I just said it was a bad movie okay I just <laughs> Oh, okay, I, I I missed that important piece. I did watch no, it a million it's times. It's also important for me, like nostalgia wise. Yeah, nostalgia wise, that that movie is like I remember that 
and I think fondly of it, but it's also a very like good bad movie. I had, and also there's a fun fact of trivia that that movie was filmed, or that was the movie he filmed instead of becoming Neo for the Matrix series. And that just man just makes you think about the alternate universe that exists where he decided, no, I'm gonna become Neo. Think about how that world turned out. Oh man. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Yeah. I know Kung Fu. Anyway. <laughs> what happened to <laughs> Um, Fuck it. I, I forgot where I was going with this. I just know that uh, it, Will Smith got his first one. Samuel L. Jackson got his first one. And Chris Rock's brother said to Will Smith, if you ever fucking slap my face, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And this ain't the Oscars. He did it at like a concert or something like that. <laughs> so um I don't yeah there's no other news to really talk about so we're just going to end the show here unless anybody has anything to bring up the time is now no you can't see me time is now anyway uh we're going to end the show here um if you like getting some color or big trouble little podcast or the nemesis project we're also on on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Alexa. If you have an Alexa, say play Big Trouble Podcast, Amazon Music, everything, motherfucker. Go listen to us. We're on YouTube. Type in Big Trouble Podcast. Fucking like and subscribe, okay? Bitches, <laughs> hit the button. Ring the bell. Yeah. If you want notifications, do it. That's right, bitch. And remember, the great dictator... Fucking watch it, and we'll talk about it next week, okay? Gobble ghoul. Everybody, peace out. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, sacks of shit. <laughs> Yarp.